Today on Sagittarian Matters, chickpea pasta, hiking food, plague shopping, social distancing, and more with my guest, Muffy J. Davis. Stay tuned. Sagittarian Matters, Sagittarian Matters, what's the Muffy J. Davis is a queer femme, writer, long-distance hiker, and the author of a book called Ink in Water, an illustrated memoir, or How I Kicked Anorexia's Ass and Embraced Body Positivity. She is currently a virtual assistant and taking on clients who need help with social media strategy, web design, and more. I invited Muffy to come to the Sagittarian Matters home studio to taste test chickpea brand pasta, which I need to say has become one of my staple foods during this pandemic. It is also a woman-owned company. You can try it yourself at chickpea.com. Now please enjoy my food review with Muffy J. Davis. ridden the bus through LA mm-hmm. to come to my home to try a brand of chickpea pasta with producer Ponyo and myself. That's right. Thank you for doing that. I'm really excited. Me too. Me I'm too. hungry. Oh, you, oh yeah. This is a perfect. <laughs> this is perfect. Okay. So what happened was I kept getting these Instagram ads for chickpea pasta, mm. which is a chickpea based pasta. And they have a macaroni and cheese box. And this has been something I've really wanted because Bonza, Garbanzo bean pasta, has a macaroni and cheese, but it's real cheese. Mm -hmm. So I was excited this was vegan. So I wrote to them and I was like, can we try it on the podcast? And they sent me like a crate of it basically. Mm -hmm. And I'm so excited to try it with you. So the first thing we need to do. So we have actually made several dishes. We've made chickpea, chickpea based linguine. And we've made chickpea-based macaroni and cheese. We made one with our own cheese, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about. And we made one with their cheese, which came in the box. Uh, before we taste test it, do you want to talk about what is, what's up with their cheese? Just from looking at the box, just mm-hmm. from considering it. Yeah. Okay. So I look at this box and I'm like, cool, let's do it. And then I look at the um, – I'm like, what's in this cheese? And I look and I feel um, some trepidation okay. because it's made out of vegetables. And not only is it made out of vegetables, but the first ingredient is pumpkin powder. The second ingredient is sweet potato powder. And those, I think, are too sweet. For I, I speculate that it's too sweet. Um, there's no nutritional yeast, which I think is vital. There is yeast extract, but I think that's a different thing. I don't know. I feel nervous about the sauce. I feel optimistic about the sauce because in my experience making vegan cheese sauce, though it always has nutritional yeast because that's kind of like our our nutty, cheesy thing. Um, I have added like a roasted a roasted squash or a roasted hot or red pepper and that's added some depth to Mm -hmm. a cheese sauce so i was a little excited when i read that Mm -hmm. pumpkin powder being the main ingredient you know because ingredients are listed in order of what there's the most of Mm -hmm. so knowing that there's the most pumpkin powder in this is interesting to me yeah i would say even queer it's but intriguing yeah yeah i'm like ready can i talk about the nutrition of this Please do, please do. Can I give you this while I grab some salt? Yeah, okay. So 
what I like about this, just looking at the nutrition, not to be like overly concerned with that, but it has 17 grams of protein per one cup and there's two and a half servings in the container. So that's a lot. Um, and it has 20% of your daily iron in a cup, which is, I think a lot about iron because I became very anemic recently. <laughs> it's not really that easy to find iron-rich vegan foods, especially convenient convenience-style foods. Mm-hmm. Um, is that with or without the powder? Oh, shit. That's with... Uh, it's actually the same amount of iron either way. So the iron must be in the pasta. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That makes sense. Beans. All right. Well, so this is exciting because also, I mean, we'll talk about this later, but you have taken to trail hiking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a long-distance hiker. I hiked 1,800 miles last year. You are away from the grocery store and restaurants a fair bit, and you need a lot of nutrition pack for your buck. And this is small. Mm -hmm. It's kind of light. Yeah, it's really light. I think for, yeah, this would be good for hiking, except for that you have to add butter and milk, but what if you added oil and water? Because those are two things I have. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen you do some yummy things for breakfast on the trip. What do you do? You like, you just kind of mash protein powder in oh, yeah, with yeah. some oatmeal packets? Um, Nicole, not oatmeal, granola. granola I, you use the protein powder as like a milk. <laughs> it's, it's gross, but you just, it's really hard to eat enough. There's, it's just function. Mm hmm. When this is the point, this is like my Zen. I when we talked about this on a different podcast before, but like my Zen vegan travel thing is just like it's not my last meal, no, it doesn't need to be perfect. Mm -mm. And sometimes you just have to have a food pill, which is just like get it down. Like it's just like imagine like the headline food pill, and then the byline is just get it down. (laughs) (laughs) Like you just need the nutrition, Mm -hmm. nothing else is happening right now. You just got to do it. Yeah, that is 100% of long distance hiking. The, <laughs> all the food, it is completely devoid of pleasure for me personally because it's really hard for me to not lose a bunch of weight and I don't want to lose any weight if I can help it. So I just, I'm like just cramming food into my mouth until I feel like I'm going to gag. And a lot of times you're like walking uphill, so you're like a little bit choking. It's, it's dangerous. Anyway, neither here nor there. Yeah. This is a good convenience food. Let's give it a try. I'm sorry if it's gotten cold. Um, let's try their pasta cheese first. Here, I'm going to give this to you. You have your little dish here, though. Okay, right. Because we're trying to be safe. I don't know. Oh, sorry. Okay. And I'm going to serve some up. Producer Pano is pretty interesting. You want to talk about the smell? It looks oh. It looks um, like a – it looks pretty chunky. It doesn't look creamy thus far. Yeah, it doesn't look creamy. The smell is like a, like a broth cube. Hmm. I feel that. Okay. Let's give it a try. Hold on. Give it a second. Hmm. I can taste that pumpkin in there. Yeah. You know, it's not horrible. I could see, if I added some oil to this, I could see maybe hiking with it. It actually smells a lot like hiking food because I eat powdered vegetables. (laughs) That's what it is. It smells like kale kale powder. Um, Yeah, for for regular life, this is not for me. For hiking life, um, I'm not sure. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to add some salt to mine. Uh-huh. So, okay, so let's describe the texture. Let's describe the taste. To me, the texture, the, the pasta itself 
If I'm taking it down to the chickpea pasta, it tastes like little macaronis. And it's made of chickpeas. That's fun. It has a little bit different texture than I think your average macaroni. It's a little drier, but it's good. Yeah, it's good. The sauce powder, I added some salt and that made it better. Way better. Way, way better. The sauce, but the thing about the powder is it, even though, so you have to add Miyoko's butter to this, or I did, or you can add Earth Balance, whatever your thing is. I added Miyoko's, which is to me like a high-end butter Mm -hmm. that makes anything better. And we added Oatly, which to me is like, I'm just doing doing my best. Mm -hmm. And it still didn't act as good as Kraft macaroni and cheese. Mm -mm. It took those quality ingredients and dragged them down (laughs) to like a 1970s kind of flavor. Like this is what you would imagine if you were in a vegan cult. Yeah. Like this is what Ma Anand Sheila was feeding all those people um, in Oregon, mm, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah um, you know, adding the salt, I, I do like it a lot more. I'm kind of surprised. Uh, but it's not creamy. I can't imagine it's like super cheap. I don't know. I just, I don't, I can't understand the function of this food for your average person. Let's try it with our vegan cheese. And let's talk about what we did to make our own vegan cheese. It was not hard. It took me how long? Like five seconds. I mean, you soak the cashews, right? Overnight. Yeah, but here's the thing. Here's the thing about soaking cashews. Over Thanksgiving, I had a non-vegan friend who was like, I want to make you a pie. Send me a recipe. And Mm -hmm. I sent her one that included soaking cashews. And she was like, I can't do that. I'm out. And I was like, girl, all it means is to put them in a bowl with water on them and then leave them. Yeah. You don't have to do an active... Nothing's happening. You don't have to like massage them <laughs> or like whisper affirmations to them. Nothing. Just put it in the water. I once did make some cashew cheese and get sick. I think because I didn't cover the bowl of water. So I would recommend that. For how long was it Was it out? Just a day. Ah. Like 24 hours maybe. These I only left out for like four hours. Oh. I just did it this morning before I left the house. Mm-hmm. And then you know what I did? Sometimes if I'm doing it, I don't have a lot of time. I'll add boiling water. Oh, yeah. That's the move. I forgot about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then I came home and I rinsed them and I added boiling water just to kind of like make sure they were soft enough for our purposes. Mm-hmm. Let's. Okay. So while you're serving up, I'm going to say I got some cashews from Trader Joe's for my plague shopping. Oh, thank you. You'll serve me. <laughs> I got some cashews from Trader Joe's. I put them in a bowl. I poured some water on them. I let them sit. Mm-hmm. Then I came home, I put them in my magic bullet with a little bit of garlic powder, a little bit of salt, and a little bit of some red pepper spread that I had just for fun. Mm-hmm. And now here we are. A nutritional yeast. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, the most important flavor. This is this is good. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do you want some salt? Oh, no thanks. Okay. Um, much creamier. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm. A soaked cashew can do just so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like this better. If I could somehow bring this on trail, I would. But mm-hmm. I don't have a blender in my backpack or yeah. cashews. Well, I might have cashews. But anyway. I feel like somebody needs to make a cashew dust. Mm-hmm. Like just pulverized cashews. I mean, you could probably do it in a food processor. Here's what I think. I don't think that you probably have time for this when you are like getting ready to go on trail. But if somebody had a food processor or a blender or whatever, and you could just pulverize your cashews into dust, add nutritional yeast, salt, garlic powder, and then something a little yellow or a little, um, something a little acidy, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. whatever that may be. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's like a lemon pepper or something. Mm -hmm. Um, 
something like that. Yeah, that sounds good. Then you could bring that in a little baggie mm-hmm. and make your own macaroni and cheese. Today's episode is brought to you by generous contributions from Kylie Oram, Lily Withcomb, Beth Pickens, Elise Miller, Starshine Christian, Joshana Ruth Wechter, Christy Herod, Jill Soloway, and Mary Pinson. If you would like to support Sagittarian Matters, especially producer Chris Sutton, please send $5, $10, $5 million, that's your business, via PayPal to hornetleg at gmail.com. That's hornet like the insect, leg like its appendage at gmail. Or this just in, you can Venmo him. His name on there is Hell Books. That's H-E double hockey sticks books. Thank you for your support. And we look forward to saying your name on the podcast. Producer Ponyo looks forward to it too. Don't be scared. That's just Ponyo's current speaking voice. Maybe I'll content warning this and say I'm going to speak of calories, but not in a diet culture way. People really, it's hard to eat enough. So people are constantly trying to find the most caloric things to eat. Mm -hmm. And the most caloric chip is a Frito. So people pulverize Fritos Uh and put it, they like put it in their dinner. Maybe they'll make uh, macaroni and cheese for dinner and then they'll put the pulverized Fritos in there just to add more. Yeah. Um, but you could totally do that with cashews. Oh my god, if you added Fritos to this too? <laughs> now we're talking. Now we are talking. Okay. So, chickpea pasta, chickpea macaroni, thumbs up, thumbs down. The pasta? Yeah. I would give it um, neither a thumbs up nor a thumbs down. I would give it a m- medium between sideways and up. Okay, okay. And then the chickpea cheese. That's a no for me. That's a thumbs down. Yeah. How about you? I'm going to say the pasta is a way thumb up. The cheese itself is a little bit of a punishment food, but I could see myself getting to that place. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I do. I've been, yeah. Or if if you want to make it at home and you have just a little bit more that you want to add to it, you could make it a better thing. Definitely. We're trying another thing they sent me, which is chickpea, chickpea pasta linguine, um, in honor of Ponzini linguine. And I made some of that. I added our homemade cheese sauce. And then I'm personally adding something I got from Trader Joe's, not a sponsor of the podcast. It's called Italian, Italian Bomba Hot Pepper Sauce, fermented crushed Calabrian chili peppers. Mm. So I'm adding some of this to the linguine with our cheese sauce. I think the linguine is okay. It's just a different texture. It's not as wet. Mm. Do you think that all all this stuff maybe could use a little more oil? Yes. Everything got gummy. I think that that's the hazard of a pasta of a non traditional pasta, mm-hmm. is it gets gummy quicker. And I do actually think they DM'd me some like next level advice about how to cook it so it wouldn't get gummy. But I didn't have the patience and for me me who was just making fun of people that can't deal with soaking cashews Mm -hmm. couldn't deal with the extra information Mm. it's super fun for me to have chickpea pasta or lentil pasta as a convenience food Mm -hmm. because if i come home i don't want to deal with tofu or whatever the thing is Mm -hmm. i just don't want to deal with that i can just boil this add something, throw some, use some scissors to cut kale into it at the last minute. So yep. it welts. 
Mm-hmm. I don't even have to use a cutting board. I don't even need to do anything. I just can make it and have nutrition. So it's not like I like get jealous of people on TV. They're like, I'm eating a spaghetti. It's mm-hmm. so cheap and easy. And mm-hmm. then I'm like, I'm slaving over some tofu. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now we're eating the linguine with marinara sauce. And this, to me, is more of a winner. Mm. Um, I would like to mix the cheese one with the marinara one, which I will do momentarily. Um, Maybe because the sauce is just wetter, it works better for me. Okay. It's pretty good. I think it's... Yeah. Oh, my God. If I got this in a restaurant, I would be glad. (laughs) It's like... But, you know, because, like, right now, you know... To give listeners an idea, we're sitting in my living room. We have many bowls set out. We have made this. We made this probably twenty minutes ago. So it's been. It's a non-traditional pasta that's been sitting out, just absorbing the, the sauce, and that's what we're trying. Yeah, what I love though is that it's a pasta buffet. It is. I sh- should have taken a picture. This is why I'm not a food blogger. Um, okay, so Muffy, what is your Thumbs up, thumbs down on the linguine. I can wait if you need a second. I'm going to give the linguine a strong thumbs up. Yeah. And I really want to recommend this Italian Bomba hot pepper sauce from Trader Joe's. Yeah, that hot pepper sauce is delicious. This is pretty good. I would give it um, a a thumbs up. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I like it. Would you bring the linguine on trail? Yeah. (laughs) Of Of all the things that we've tried today, so at night I make a like a soup basically out of instant refried beans and dried kale and rice noodles. Mm. And I think that this would be better than rice noodles because it has so much nutrition and it's a soup. So it's like really wet. Um, yeah, I would totally take this on trial. Mm. Thanks Muffy. Mm-hmm. We've just eaten so much chickpea pasta. Mm-hmm. I've come to some conclusions. Yeah. One is that this is a woman-owned company, Chickpea. It's a new company. I'm really excited to try it. And they add three, they give three cents of every box sold to provide nutritious lunches to school children in need. Mm. Um, they believe healthy food should be accessible to all. I also think that maybe this is marketed as a low-sodium product, and that is why the cheese sauce did not have any salt in it. Yeah, it is really low-sodium. So if you get this, listeners, which I'm not not advising against. I don't think you would be doing yourself harm by getting this. it's not a punishment food. It hasn't, I, it hasn't, it's in food pill territory until you add salt, yeah. but it's not punishment food just yet. Um, just add some salt and your own butter or your own, like more oil. Yeah, more oil. Oh. I would way rather eat this than like any, like a builder bar. Oh my God. Way rather. Um, so Muffy, you have been going long distance hiking mm-hmm. for the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. How did you get into this and why do you keep doing it? What do you like mm. what do you like about it? Yeah. Um I learned about long distance hiking from Carrot Quinn and she wrote a book about hiking and <clears throat> started hiking in 2013 and I was like I want to do that, but at the time I had this like raging raging eating disorder and was really like obsessed with healthy food. Mm-hmm. And felt 
physically ill and unsafe if I didn't have access to like massive amounts of kale. And so you can't be like that in long distance hike. And even at the time I was like, I want to, I want to do that, but I guess I never will. Cause I'm too obsessed about perfect nutrition or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, time went on. I became less obsessed with perfect nutrition and, um, I owned a business that I was working like 60 hours a week. Um, and something in me just like broke. I was also making no money because it wasn't profitable yet mm-hmm. or ever. Um, <laughs> and something inside me broke and I was like, ah, I want to go hiking. Um, and I flew to Alaska and did my first long distance hike. It was like 40 miles on the Resurrection Pass Trail. Um, and it was the most fun I've ever had. Like, so much fun. I felt so free. First of all, I wasn't working, which I was incredibly excited about. Second of all, I'd never been to Alaska and nor had I had an interest. But as soon as I got there, I was like, whoa, this is like, turns out the most beautiful place on earth. Um, yeah, I just loved it. I fucking love not having a mirror, not <laughs> I don't know, something about just like not, um, having to do like cultural niceties of, um, cleanliness is really fun for me. (laughs) I like that. Um, and I like to walk all day. It feels so good. You get all these endorphins and I feel all my feelings, which I like have a lot of feelings generally speaking, but sometimes I don't have time to really like pay attention to them. When you're walking all day, every day, it's really boring, actually. And so it gives me this, like, extreme opportunity to just feel every feeling until it's gone. Mm -hmm. It, like, withers to dust, Um, which I really like. I feel, like, really in touch with my thoughts and feelings after a long-distance hike because I've thought them all. So what are your go-tos food-wise? I eat a disgusting amount of bars, and I hate them all. Mm -hmm. What is your – do you have a ranking of punishment foods? Like, what are your top three punishment foods that you're like, fuck you? Because you've had to eat it against your will for so long. Yeah, a kind bar. <laughs> I fucking hate a kind bar. Like the thought of it makes me want to barf. Um, I also really hate builders bars, but I eat them a lot because they are they have protein, and a lot of the bars don't. They're vegan. Um, God, what else do I hate? Uh, I I don't love a Lara bar. I hate every bar. I kind of like a macro bar, though. Oh. That's the one that I'm like, I don't hate you yet. And what I really like is a shot block by Cliff Bars. Oh, I don't know what that is. It's like a gummy. It has oh. it. It's a glorified gummy bear. It has caffeine. It's like a sportsman cool. gummy. Okay. <laughs> I like that. To me, a Lara bar is offensive. Mm. A Lara bar is upsetting. <laughs> it's triggering. <laughs> it's offensive. I've talked about this in the podcast before, but not for a while, but like they're the, it just feels rude. Like the names of them feel rude. Like mm. they'd be like lemon pie lies. You're like this is, has nothing to do with pie. No, this is every Lara bar is like dates mm. mashed up with some nuts and then some sprinkling. Mm. So it'll be like chocolate cookie crumble brownie. This is a brownie. This is apple pie. And you're like, <laughs> It's not apple pie. It's dates mashed up with nuts and some apple chunks and some cinnamon. Oh, yeah. How dare you yeah, besmirch bad. the name of apple pie mm-hmm. by telling me this is what this is. It's really fucking bad. I, <clears throat> I, excuse me, I eat roughly one bar an hour while hiking um, wow. and I hate them all. <laughs> 
but but there's nothing like um there's nothing easy or to eat while walking because sometimes i'll stop but oftentimes i'm just like you can't stop every hour you'll never get anywhere yeah (laughs) and as soon as i sit down i sit down for 20 minutes at least 20 minutes to 90 minutes i guess um so i just gotta eat while i walk and bars are the way you have an advice question for Sagittarian Matters, call or text our advice hotline, 971-361-9998. Leave a message. We might answer your question on the air, and we promise not to answer the phone. That is a Sagittarian promise that you can take all the way to the bank. Can we talk about the fundraising element yeah. of your hiking? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... I am, I'm actually doing a fundraiser right now, so it's perfect timing. Um, a couple weeks ago, a group of 11 hikers, all queer, um, hiked from the Salton Sea to the Pacific Ocean. It's 160 miles. Um, and it came about, it's called the San Diego Trans County Trail, and it's not a finished trail. It's a route, so you are using GPS to navigate and kind of like walking in washes, and then you're walking basically in the suburban San Diego. It's weird. Anyway, it's a very cool trail. I think everyone should do it if they want. Um, but the culture of long distance hiking is a really apolitical a lot of the time, except for like in terms of the environment, like maybe long distance hikers care about the environment, but maybe not even, um, and be really like straight, white men and the white men are either like age 20 or age 65. They're like just out of college or retired and they'll just like explain at you and explain at you. And it's, um, annoying. And like, I love long distance hiking, but I know that if I have to hang out with only those people every time I'm hiking, eventually I'm not going to want to do it anymore. So I was like, I'm going to get these queers together. We're going to do this thing. Um, 15 people said yes when I invited them, 11 actually showed up and I was like, Oh, there's a lot of us. We could maybe raise some money. Um, so we decided to do a fundraiser for border angels, which is a humanitarian aid group in San Diego, um, helping migrant travelers not die essentially when they're crossing the border. Is this, this is, Oh, no more deaths is the group that had people, um, at a trial for mm-hmm. giving out water for leaving water. Yeah. Felony charges. Yeah. Um, yeah. No more dust is kind of the, uh, border angels equivalent in Tucson, but we chose to do it for border angels because it was local to mm-hmm. the land we were walking on. Um, yeah. So we, our goal is to raise $5,000. I think we're at like 3000 right now, which is great. Um, I am a writer. So every day that I hike, I write a blog post, like all exhausted in my tent all dirty and like half asleep. Um, and basically I've used my blog to raise money. So I'm like, next blog post goes up when we raise another $500. Um, so that's been cool and fun. And other people are writing as well. And we're going to make a zine. So people who donate to the fundraiser can get the zine. Cool. Also. Yeah. Great. It just seems like if you're going to recreate on stolen land, like a, you need to acknowledge whose land it really is and be like maybe try to raise some money especially if you're white raise some money for some good i don't know yeah not everyone necessarily i just have a very small platform and so if you can if people follow you and you can utilize that to help people i always think that's good yeah that seems helpful yeah 
It's nice. Yeah. And then it's nice also as people that follow your writing to see what organizations you're passionate about mm-hmm. and to see what you're doing and to think of alternate fundraising tactics for things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's I, – I love fundraising because it's so direct. Like I feel like – I hear white people being like, what do people need? What do people need? What do people need? And it's like, a lot of times the answer is just money. Yeah. Like really direct financial support is great. And you know, you you should ask consent if you are going to raise funds for someone, but I've never had anyone say no. Somebody I follow on Twitter was like, you want to know how to to help trans women? Give us money. Yeah. Give us some money. Mm -hmm. Balance it out. Mm -hmm. Balance out how much money you get because of your privilege because of where you're at in the world, but just mm-hmm. giving somebody else some money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I understand, like, I'm not rich. I'm a working class person, but, you know, maybe it's not your money. Maybe you're leveraging your privilege to get some other money, you know? Yeah. To access funds that other people don't have that privilege to access. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So your favorite food, something that was heartbreaking to me was I saw that you talk about eating a lot of potato chips on the trail. Yeah. A lot of different chips. And I was like, mm-hmm. now how is she going to fit all those puffy bags of chips in that little backpack? Mm-hmm. And the answer was. You break them. You have to break the chips. You have bags of broken chips in your backpack. Not only do you have bags of broken chips, but it's your favorite fucking thing to eat. You're so excited to eat the broken chips. And then you just pour them into your mouth like a go-gurt <laughs> as you walk, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I if it's lunch and I'm like sitting down, I might put them in my hand. But actually, it's probably more sanitary to just eat them from the bag like a go-gurt. Yeah. I see. I see. <laughs> what else do people need to know? If somebody wants to do their first long-distance hike, mm-hmm. what do you recommend they do? What are their steps? Mm. Um, there's a lot of places on the internet that you can find information. So do a little Google. Mm -hmm. Don't take anyone's opinion as the hard and fast truth. I have opinions about gear that I would like die for that people are like, Oh, I hate that piece of gear. Mm -hmm. And it's just whatever. Everyone's different. Um, there's this book called ultralight backpack and tips, which was really helpful. It has cute illustrations too. It's really short. It's succinct. tells you a lot about what you need to know. Um, And just know that, like, there's nothing that can really prepare you until you're there. Like, you can't – I think it's great to, like, train for a long-distance hike, but nothing is going to replicate walking for 13 hours a day. Okay, let's talk a little bit about your breakfast gruel, your your breakfast, (laughs) and then your evening soup. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So I have a few breakfast gruels. They're all gruels. (laughs) Let's talk about your vegan gruel uh, regimen. Um, One – Protein powder mixed with water made into a milk. (laughs) Stevia milk. (laughs) And then you put granola in it. Um, I grew tired of that. I haven't had that in a while. It's smart. It just, it makes good sense. But it is funny on land with access to groceries to think about. But there I'd be like fucking stoked. Yeah. You're a genius. I'll eat oatmeal and peanut butter. I hate that too. Mm. sometimes I like go wild and I'm like I'm gonna have like a rice noodle ramen with some peanut butter in it Mm. a peanut butter Mm -hmm. a peanut sauce if you will um like a savory breakfast I don't know they're I hate them all they're all awful (laughs) do you ever do you ever just do a squeeze nut butter packet on the on the day during the day instead of a bar um you know the squeeze nut butter packets 
you think they're a good idea for hiking, but they're kind of not. They're, like, get all over the place, and they yeah. often really separate, yeah. and there's not enough, like, squeezing in the world to make them a fully functional liquid snack. Yeah. Um, I've al- had that oil all over my face on a plane before. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and... And then putting it back in your backpack afterwards with all your other stuff. Yeah, no. It's not good. Um, also, if I eat too many nuts, it hurts my stomach. Ugh. Um. So, yeah, not really, but... but so your evening... So then dinner time. Dinner girl. Okay. <laughs> so you've, you've hiked all day. Yes. And someone rang the dinner bell. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, basically you like get to camp and you set up your shelter because you know as soon as you eat, you're going to be so tired. You can't even imagine setting anything up. And then you fire up your little stove and um, I... There's a few things I eat. I love a day of mac and cheese. Mm. Day of mac and cheese, you don't have to add anything to it. The cheese is like a Velveeta thing, and it there's one that has vegan bacon bits. Ooh, oh, I haven't had that one. Oh, it's fucking good. Also, day is gluten free. If you mm-hmm. didn't know, so um, I love to eat that, um, and I put dried peas in it. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, a real treat. Um, and that, but that's like kind of like I usually pack one of those per section, and a section's like four to six days. Oh my God. Um, so most of the time what I have the cheaper option is a soup made out of maybe a broth cube, but maybe not even water, instant refried beans, rice noodles, dried kale, and like a shit ton of olive oil. Mm. I might put some crumbled up tortilla chips on top and I genuinely enjoy my dinners. Everything else is disgusting and I wish I didn't have to eat it, but the dinners, that's good. (laughs) Yeah, it's good. What do you call this soup? (laughs) <laughs> dinner gruel i don't know <laughs> just the bean soup i have found the more i've traveled the more comfortable i've gotten eating things that curl people's hair things mm-hmm. that people are like oh yeah they feel very scared of and i'm just like eh. it's whatever you just gotta do what you gotta do yeah i mean it doesn't have to, to be good <laughs> like that's the thing that i i really like about long distance hiking is that, like I said way in the beginning, I could never have done it if I still had an eating disorder. And just the ability to be like, this doesn't have to be perfect. It mm-hmm. makes me feel like it soothes me and it also makes me feel very accomplished because that's a big deal in my life to be able to feel that way. Like, it's whatever. It just is, is sustenance. Sagittarian Matters is produced by Chris Sutton with assistance by Ponyo Georges. Our theme music is composed by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs of the band Bouquet. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time.